let you guess where we're going. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. If you're visiting this morning, I tease, we've been preaching from Genesis chapter 2 for the entire month of July. And uh, we'll finish out July uh, in Genesis chapter 2. As we've been speaking of having the abundant life. A life that is all put together by God's design. And uh, that is a phrase I've been using uh, the last couple weeks uh, in dealing with circumstances and situations and counseling people and uh, messages that I've brought circumstances faced, uh, that God has a design, God has a plan, and uh, he, can, uh, he has given us the blueprints to have a, a happy, fulfilling, and abundant life. And before the message, I want to make a couple quick announcements of things that are going on. Uh, revival, our family and home revival, uh, that is for everybody. Uh, that is for all ages, and I want you to be here. Uh, it has been something that's been on my heart for a number of years uh, to do, and the Lord just didn't give me liberty and being a new pastor. And uh, coming into my third year as the pastor next Sunday, uh, the Lord gave me the liberty to do that, to have that meeting, so I'm looking forward to it. And I want you to be a part of it. It's going to be Thursday and Friday evening. Uh, 6.30 we'll start with worship. Uh, the first part of the meeting is going to be a session and it's going to be in two parts. We're going to talk to the adults in here with evangelist Bobby Stewart. Pastor Stewart uh, has pastored for a number of years. He's done innumerable hours of counseling with couples and uh, he and his, his wife is a speaker at ladies meetings around the country and they're going to be a delight and they'll be a blessing to you. Simultaneously while that's going on, our young people are going to be over uh, in the fellowship building for a session of their own, and that's going to be by Evangelist Dalton Cranford. And Brother Cranford speaks to young people on a regular basis, has a heart and passion and family for the Lord. And it'll be a challenging time for our young people to consider their relationship with God, their relationship with mom and dad, brother and sister, and also how they can contribute to make their home a Christian home. And so I'm really excited about it. And then Saturday morning, uh, we'll follow that pattern, except for we'll go from 10 to 12, let you out around noons. That way you can go out, get you something to eat, do some school shopping, and uh, take some time for rest. But we just made the decision to cancel the Wednesday night service because of Thursday night, Friday night and then Saturday morning. I want you to make sure you had some family time and time of rest to prepare for that meeting, but I want you to be a part of it. And do you share it. It's on our social media pages. Share that advertisement. I invite folks, and you plan to make that uh, where you are to be with us. I guarantee you that you and your family will walk away stronger, healthier, happier, and blessed uh, from the teaching of God's Word that will go on during that. And then each evening, uh, there'll be revival-style preaching. And uh, if you're not married, but you plan to be one day, it's a good time to come and get some heads up. Some of you teenagers, uh, you need to learn some wisdom now. Uh, Every teenager I know wants to be 25 and married. And I don't know why that is. Uh, As you get older, you want to go back in time. And as you're younger, you want to go forward. Isn't it amazing how we're never content? Uh, But you plan to be a part of that, and you'll have a great time. You say, oh, well, you know, I'm married and I've already been married for 50 years. Well, you come and you laugh at the younger couples because they don't know what they're getting into yet. And you sit there and say, oh, here we go. I'm teasing. Uh, but we'll have an enjoyable time together. And then homecoming is next Sunday. And uh, we're looking forward to a great time. And we're working on a special project this week. And it's our homecoming timeline. And so what we're going to be doing is there's going to be a 55-foot timeline designed over in the sanctuary, over in the fellowship building. But I need you to help me fill in information. If you have any pictures, bulletins, announcements, different things, memorabilia, uh, 
uh, over the 55 years of the church. We want you to allow us to borrow that. Just make sure you let us know it's yours so we can take care of it and get it back to you. But we want to put that uh, up on that timeline. So if you have some pictures from 1980, uh, we want to see those. If you were here when those pine trees were planted, we want to know who did that. I mean, we want to see that. Maybe you have some pictures of when the building was being constructed and sharing that history. Or maybe you have a picture, and I'd love this. You bring a picture of you when you joined the church. And uh, how well, that picture of your timeline when you were there, that way we can know a little bit about you. And uh, so help us make this something special and uh, something that will be enjoyable. That way folks will be able to look back and say, man, they've been here a long time. And uh, so be a part of that. Help us with our homecoming timeline, and uh, we'll have an enjoyable time with that. Genesis chapter 2 this morning, and uh, we'll begin reading in verse 4. And Genesis chapter 2 is an overview of day 6 on God's creation, and it primarily focuses on Adam. And as we began our series, we were talking about the design that God had for his people to be happy, to be healthy, to be blessed. And that's what God wants for each of us. He wants us to have a life that is, his terms, abundant. In John chapter 10, he talks about uh, being having life, and that speaks of salvation. He says, but I don't want you just to be saved and then to go through life. He says, but I want you to have life more abundant. He says, I want your joy to be full. He says, I want you to be more than conquerors. We can do all things through Christ. He says, I want my people to have a life that they enjoy. I want my people to have a life that is fulfilling and purposeful that as they wake up in the morning it's not woe is me oh here we go again but it's yes thank you lord it's a day that brings about praise and worship because your life is abundant and your life is together by the grace and goodness of god and as we began to look at the bible we realized that there has to be a model because God always gives a model. God always gives a design. He does not leave man unto his own devices. And we find that design in Genesis chapter 2. We knew it wasn't Abraham. He had marital conflict. We knew it wasn't Daniel. He ended up living a challenging life in the lion's den and all that he faced. We looked at Peter and realized that Peter had his own difficulties and didn't have it all together personally. We realized that since mankind had sinned, that nobody since God's original design really had it all together. But we can see the lessons and the application that we can apply to our lives to bring our life together. And so, Genesis chapter 2, let's begin reading there in verse 4, and uh, we'll read through uh, to verse 18. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Who was that man? Adam. That is correct. That's Adam. Verse 9. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water and garden, 
And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and came into four heads. The name of that first is Pison, that which is compassed the whole land of Avelia, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is Bedellium and the onyx stone, and the name of the second river is Gihon. And the na- same is that that compassed the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hidekel, that is which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put Put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. And who was that? Eve. We see we go to the beginning talking about Adam and Eve. And I'm going to ask Brother Allen if he'll help me this morning to be our Adam. And uh, I've lost two Adams. Um, so this is the third Adam. We went from the first Adam. He was, he was a rough character to begin with. Brother Zach was our second Adam, but he had to go to children's church. So now we got our third Adam. Amen. In the beginning, God formed man. And you remember, so many times it's depicted as a man laying down. But we studied that word formed and realized it is as a potter building up. God made man upright. That when God breathed in him the breath of life, they were face to face. And God and his son. And we said that as we're having abundant life, the first thing we need to realize is that we need a face to face relationship with God. You need to know Jesus Christ as your savior. Once you receive Jesus Christ as your savior, he becomes your father and you become his child and you begin a face to face relationship. Secondly, as we realize that as I begin to have a walk with God and a time with God, I still have to live. I still have to have a job. And I still have to go through life and take care of our families and meet needs. And God gave us the second thing. And he says before he ever made man that there was no man to till the ground. And that God created Adam with purposeful work. That work uh, for Adam was to dress and keep to to provide, to take care of, and to protect the garden. For each of us, God has given us purposeful work. That is to place that we are to, uh, to shine and to be an image of Jesus to those that we labor with. That work is a good thing. Now when you go out and find a millennial and tell them work is a good thing. Uh, I read a recent article about millennials that one in three people working today is a millennial and they don't like to work. And uh, I barely got out of that millennial thing, man. I'm so glad because that's just a bad label uh, right now. If you're a millennial here and uh, Work is a good thing, amen. God gave us purposeful work. That was the third element of having an abundant life. The third, or the second element, the third element we spoke of last week, and that was having a family by God's design. That God designed the family not to be separate from God, but God designed the family so that he could be a part of it. God wants to be a part of the family. He wants a husband and wife and children to come together and have a face-to-face relationship with him. And we spoke of the family and how we can find a design, uh, a family by design from God. This morning I want to look at the fourth element of having a happy, healthy life and an abundant life. And that is a balanced life. Finding balance. Isn't it amazing that balance is a challenging thing? For different people, uh, balance is... Here, turn and face them. There you go. I didn't want them to be rude. That bothered me. For your sake. 
Balance is challenging, isn't it? Balance is to find that happy medium to where you're doing what you need to do. You're firing on each of the cylinders. You're being the dad you need to be. You're being the worker you need to be. You're being the uh, father that you need to be or the husband that you need to be. You're, You're finding that balance to where you're happy with who you are. You're growing. You're learning. You're being a good husband to your family. You're being a good wife to your husband. and You're just trying to make it all work. Trying to find balance. But most of the time when we think about balance... Our lives are kind of like this. Do you have faith? Not really. Not that kind of faith? <laughs> now, once upon a time, I used to be able to do this. <laughs> Balance is hard, isn't it? Look how hard it is. <laughs> Can't find that place. My wife is like, you get hurt again, I'm not taking care of you. <laughs> Most of the time, we have a hard time balancing our job our family, our prayer time, our personal health, our schedules alone. We find ourselves struggling. I just like your response. It's kind of fun now. But as we look at Genesis chapter 2, we realize that God wants us to find balance. I want you to think about the Garden of Eden for a few moments, and then we're going to look at just a, a couple basic teachings about the balance that we see in the Garden. First of all, you realize about the Garden of Eden, there's nothing man-made. There is not a single item in the Garden of Eden that's man-made. Nothing. It is all by God. When we begin to realize that the life we need is not a life of material things, but what God can do in our life, we begin to hone in on discovering balance. Not only were there no things, but how much stress do you think was in the Garden of Eden? Adam, you got two things you got to do, buddy. You got to dress the garden. That is to take care of it, to keep it manicured, to keep it provided. And he says, you got to protect it. Well, Adam's the only man in the world, so no one's going to conquer him. The animals have not been cursed to turn on him. There's only one enemy. Who's the enemy? Satan. Satan. See, as you boil things down, and you realize it's not about a material world, it's about God. Realizing the greatest enemy I have is not another man or woman or child, an outward threat, but a spiritual one. I can begin to find balance in life and see things from God's perspective. I can begin to boil them down and remove the distractions. Our schedules aren't balanced because we're trying to be here and we're trying to be here and we're trying to be here. Well, we've got school and we've got soccer and we've got piano. We've got karate. We've got to have that project done. Well, we're working on the bathroom this weekend. We've got so many things going on that how could you balance that? Then you've got relationships. Well, I'm trying to have a relationship with my husband. I'm trying to have a relationship with each of my children. And every child is different. Did you know that? Do you know you can't treat every child just like just the same? Because each of them have a different person. They are by design special and beautiful and glorious. And they're God's creation. And each one of them, they need a unique relationship with you. 
One of them may need more affection. And one of them may need more verbal affirmation. And one of them may need you to just spend time with them. Each of them different. You're trying to maintain all those different relationships. And your spouse. And the relationship you have with your co-workers. And the people you serve. That's exhausting. I'm tired just thinking about it. How in the world do you have balance then? I find it amazing, a very important thing, that after God made Adam, then he goes on to say, then he made the trees that would produce his food. And he made those herbs that would be to him as meat. And I realized something, that not every tree produces fruit at the same time. There's a season to every cycle for every type. God created an environment of balance. Because there were times when Adam would need, if I can illustrate, apples and pears. Then there would be another time where Adam would need plums and peaches. Then there would be another time where he would need herbs, arugula, and and any other herbs. I don't either. Don't do the herb thing much. Need to work on that. The garden was created with balance. There were four, four rivers flowing out of it. Uniquely, north, south, east, west. God created an actual place of serene balance. And he put man there to stay in the center. And God says, if you want to have an abundant life, you need to realize it's not about a man-made world where you make your life happy. But it's a life that God has designed where God can manufacture joy and blessing and love and goodness through the spirit of life he breathes into the saved individual, which is the Holy Spirit. That's why he teaches us in Galatians 5 that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, temperance, against such things. He says there's nothing that can battle those. So we find that an abundant life is a balanced life with God at the center. And as we see the balance of Eden, we see the balance of man and woman, we see the balance of tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we see a complete spectrum of balance. We see the areas of balance. And then there are three verses in the Bible that speak of maintaining balance. This morning, thank you, Adam. Just have a seat right there if you don't mind. Are you okay with that? Yes. Okay, thank you. Adam was placed into an environment that most of us only ever experience as a child. We're put into a place, zero, hardly any stress. Though the responsibilities present, they're not huge responsibilities. God has given him a childlike faith. And all he has to do is follow. Today, life is completely different. Life controls us rather than us controlling our own lives. We are dictated by schedule, by appointment, by job, by employer. We are dictated by bills and by comforts, by wants and desires. We are dictated by a manufactured, man-made world that has caused us to become unhealthily imbalanced and unstable. And when we see the divine design of God, we are able to bring ourselves back to a point of balance. 
as we see some things in the scripture this morning, I want to give you a couple things where God specifically shows us we need to be balanced. The first thing is we need to find balance in our schedule. Schedule is key. That which we do not schedule will never come to pass. Time must be planned and controlled if we are to have balance. A time to rise, a time for God, a time for family, a time for private meditation, a time for work, a time for rest. We need to find balance in our schedule. I'm amazed at some parents uh, that your child does not have a bedtime. I had a bedtime growing up. And I had a bedtime that was 8 o'clock. I remembered... It used to be 7 in first grade, second grade. I'd be in bed at 7 o'clock, Brother Joe. I remember that. I remember when I could stay up to 8 o'clock. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I thought I had arrived. I was like, 8 o'clock! I'd go into school the next day. I I went to bed at 8 o'clock last night. How about you guys? I thought it was the greatest thing. When 9 o'clock came, I was walking on water. I was like, hallelujah. I can actually see something on television that's actually worth watching. Man, you go to bed at 7 o'clock, you go to bed when Matlock's still rerunning, amen? You go to bed at 7 o'clock, you don't even get to say Pat Zajac on Wheel of Fortune. I mean, what's wrong with this world? You know what? Schedule. Adam had a schedule. The Bible says in Genesis 3 that God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. That's two times a day, evening and morning. God gave him a schedule. He was to work. Throughout the day, six days a week, God gave him a schedule. He was to have time with Eve. They were to labor together. God gave man a balanced schedule. A schedule where he had time for God. A schedule where he had time for his work. A time where he had time for his family. A schedule where he had time for himself and meditation and rest. I want to ask you a question. Who's getting shortchanged in your life? Is it your spouse? You don't spend enough time with them? Husband and wife, you need to spend time together. Having the kids is good. You need family time. But there's time where you just need husband and wife. Because that's by design. Because what? When a child, when he becomes a man, he shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. You need that. That's healthy. But you also need time where mom and dad and the kids are together. Why? Because kids need to see what marriage looks like. They need to see the model of what love in the home looks like. And they need to know that mom and dad are there. Do you have enough time for your kids? I don't usually have to tell people that they need more time for work because work usually takes all of our time. Because technology has made us to where we are just shackled to our work. Can't escape it. Try to rest for a few moments and... It used to be, you've got mail. Oh, how that's moved on. Tom Hanks, Sorry. But now, work is ever-present. You know, it's hard to have a balanced life if your schedule's not balanced. If you don't have time for the people who are important, then your family's imbalanced. If you don't have time for God, then you are spiritually imbalanced. And if you are spiritually imbalanced, how can you be the dad? How can you be the husband? How can you be the co-worker? How can you be the manager? How can you be the business owner that you are designed to be If you're not with the one who designed you. God says, hey, guess what? The first thing you need to do is get your schedule checked. Your schedule. Not living by impulse. Not living by, oh, hey, so-and-so wants to go do that. What do you think? What's the schedule say? 
What's the schedule say? Why? Because the schedule tells me what's important. Some of you, your schedule's taken over your life, and there's some things that aren't important running your life. Got to find balance. Got to make sure that all the priorities are being met. That means you may not be able to watch TV as much. May have to put down the video game controller. You ever have to cram for a test? Don't answer that. I could tell just by looking at you, you do. (laughs) We need to find balance in our schedule. Young people, you get so caught up with a boyfriend and a girlfriend that you forget you have a mom and a dad. And that happened? It's like, mom who? Because all he can think about is her on the other end. Dad who? All you can think about is dreamy hunky boy who's got a headset on playing video games and doesn't know what a job is. All right, I'm calming down. Don't forget about who's important to you, young people. You need to have time for mom and dad. What about grandparents? I go to the nursing homes every week, multiple times a week. You know how many grandparents haven't seen their grandkids in years? Shame on you. Are they not a priority? Well, I'm just so busy. Is a ball more important than your grandfather? Is bouncing across on trampolines more important than your grandmother? Schedule. I didn't plan to say that this morning. I wasn't in the sermon at all, but obviously it's something the Lord wanted someone to be thinking about. We need balance. Balance in our schedule. Balance to where the people that matter know they matter. Do the people in your life that matter know they matter? Oh, of course they do. You may assume so. Let me ask you this. Do they feel like they matter? Do they feel like they matter? Sir, when was the last time you wrote your wife a little note just said, I was thinking about you because you were thinking about her? You know what happens? We get up, the alarm goes off, we make the coffee and we pick up this. And we live on this. You know what my wife calls this? The other woman. She used to call little Debbie the other woman. But me and little Debbie broke up. I'm still heartbroken over that. Do you know how hard it is for me there's a confession right here. You know how hard it is for me to put that down? Because I like to deal with things. I don't like to wait. Unless it's just something stupid. Then I'm not going to bother with it. But this has created an environment. You can go to homes, parents, and kids. Time for dinner. What are we having? Send. Bing. Husband's like, what was that? Susie wants to know what we're having for dinner. Dad looks over at Susie sitting right there. We're having meatloaf! Can you smell it? <laughs> Sorry, I get a little I get a little excited. <laughs> Balance in our schedule. Time is escaping me. Let me hasten. I'm going to say this one. I'm going to spend a lot of time here because I'm still working on it. I'm still working on all of these. This is a convicting message for me. Balance in our health. 
Balancing our health. That's a big one. Diet, rest, and exercise are critical to our overall happiness and health. The Bible speaks in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8 that bodily exercise profiteth. Now it goes on to say little, praise the Lord, but bodily exercise profiteth. Why? Because this is supposed to be what? A temple. We don't treat it like one. I'm pretty sure taking a Big Mac and a Diet Coke into the temple would be a desecration over in Jerusalem. Amen. No matter how kosher you tried to make that. (laughs) You know what? The life we are living out needs to consist of balance in each of these areas. Without a balance, we will find ourselves battling internally. Unhealthy habits generate unhealthy emotions. Working to bring our bodies into balance will aid us in bringing our emotions into balance. Overwhelming extremes in diet often result in overwhelming emotions and mindsets that lead us to extreme decisions. That's accurate information. That was convicting. I was like, man, I've got to get healthier. Now, I'm not making any pledges here today. <laughs> but y'all pray. <laughs> because I want to. I want to get healthier. In fact, I took the first step. I took the first step Thursday. Not the first step like stepping. But watch yourselves. Hey, I, got, I even charged my Fitbit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I felt, I felt like I did something. Thursday, we were going down to the meeting, the camp meeting down in Georgia. We're going down 81 South that runs into 40, going through Tennessee. And I came across Greenville, Tennessee. For those who don't know, the most amazing bakery on planet Earth, the Baptist Mecca, known as Peggy Ann's, is 20 minutes off the interstate in Greenville, Tennessee. We were driving down the road, and I knew this, and I had been thinking about this, and pondering on this, and praying with this, and uh, battling this. And I look at my wife, and I said, you want to stop at Peggy Ann's on our way through? And she says this, whatever you want to do. When I, let me say something to you. They make donuts. The Boston cream donut is that big around, and it's that thick. You don't just eat it, you wear it. That baby believes in baptism by immersion. Glory, it's theologically sound. And I'm sitting there, I was like, oh my goodness, that is the best donut on earth. Do you realize this? And I had been preparing for this message. <laughs> oh, if this had only been a different week. And the Lord had been working, I said, oh, you're balancing health, man. I've been drinking kale and shake smoothie things. I mean, I'm just making these changes, and here I am. And I was like, well, I've been pretty good, Brother Bill. I said, one of those won't hurt. <laughs> but you know what happened? As we came upon the exit, the Lord said, if I don't ever take a stand on this. <laughs> he said, you never will. <laughs> And I'm like, did you have to get in on the conversation? <laughs> Nothing like a backseat driving God to tell you how to eat. I mean, what in the world are we doing here? <laughs> but I love you, Lord, and thy will be done, as my wife sang. <laughs> and I kept on going. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> I'm not there yet, brother. <laughs> I'm still in mourning. <laughs> You know what? Each of us, we need to work on our health, don't we? 
We need to eat better. We need to exercise more. We need to find balance. And we need to rest. And I'm going to be preaching on rest tonight. God took an entire day of creation to tell us He rested. Yeah. You know how important rest is to every aspect of your life. And so we'll be looking at that tonight. I hasten. Let's get past that health issue. Balance in our outlook. Consider what is said and then apply to our mindset. The Lord tells us in uh, the, the attitude of Adam that he needs to have in Genesis 1.28. And God blessed them, as Adam and Eve. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. That's futuristic thinking. He, has, he needs to have a futuristic outlook. And subdue it. Once you subdue something, it's conquered. That's a uh, consideration of the past. And then have dominion over the fish of the sea. That's maintaining. That's present outlook. As we think about these things biblically, we need to meditate on the past to understand how things happened the way that they did so we can grow. We need to read scripturally so we can wisely and accurately manage our present circumstances to consider and oversee our dominion. And then we need to pray about the future and see what God will have us to do, with whom do it, and as well as when and how. We need to find balance. Some people, they either live futuristically and they, we're going to do this. And those people rarely get a lot done. Yeah, some people, they just live in the moment. They max out their credit cards and they live for right now and then one day they're knocking on your door. Hey man, can I borrow a hundred bucks? And then you got the people just live in the past. Well, I remember. There's a, there's a cycle of things. God said, first of all, you need to be futuristically minded. You need to look down the road where you're going. Then as you start the journey, God doesn't say think about where you are. He says think about where you've been. So that way you understand the decisions you need to make as you're going. And then as you go, you need to read your Bible and walk with God so that you make the right decisions in the moment to do so. He says you need to be thinking in that dimension. You need to be thinking with an outlook, past, present, future. And lastly, and I apologize for hasting. I may come back and speak on this subject in an entire message once again. But balance in our relationships. Time in each relationship is important. Priority on each relationship is critical to the relationship's health and success. Adam had time for God in the garden. Adam had time for his family as they took care, they worked, they labored, they built a family together. And Adam had time even for the animals that he had dominion over. He had to have time for those he oversaw and invested in. And Adam had time for himself. He had to have time to reflect on the things that God was teaching and doing in his life. God, he tells us we need balance. Proverbs, is, Proverbs chapter 30, and I'll finish with this verse. I'm going to ask Brother Mikey to go ahead and come to the piano this morning. Proverbs chapter 30. This is not a proverb of Solomon. It's actually by the man of uh, <clears throat> a name, Agur. He wrote this as an older man who had made some mistakes and he did not grow up in church. He did not know God. And he got saved later in life. He came to know God. And he writes this. And he says in verse 5, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. And this is talking about balance. Two things have I required of thee. Deny me not them before I die. Remove from me vanity and lies. I want you to listen. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Lest I be full and deny thee, 
and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. He says, and he says, Don't live to be rich, but don't be foolish to think that you don't need riches. He says, But put God first. Every word of God in application that you can find a balance of convenience that will make you neither curse nor haughty, but you find yourself blessed. God desires balance for His people. Every head...